Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to The Great America Show. We're celebrating the closing days of what we all hope will be a giant red wave on November 8th. Ten days away now. Ten days till Election Day 2022. And how big it is. Wow. And we have good news to begin with. The Commerce Department reporting its first estimate of GDP growth in the third quarter. Surprisingly strong, up 0.6%. And the shell shock stock market loved it. The Dow Jones Industrials up on the stronger-than-expected report on a strengthening economy. But that report may only result in another big Federal Reserve interest rate hike as they try to slow down high inflation. We'll see. The markets hate uncertainty, and particularly markets that have been volatile throughout the year. The index that tracks the 500 largest companies is down 20%. That's what they call bear market territory on Wall Street, and this year has been one of the worst years for investors in almost a half century. Then there's politics, of course. Voters in Pennsylvania, they must be ready to pull their hair out. The Secretary of State there sent out 240,000 unverified mail-in ballots. 240,000. But then it turns out more 2020 drama. Then they correct that. It turns out it's actually 250,000 unverified ballots. Pennsylvania, does it sound just a little crooked? What do you think? Then the U.S. Supreme Court had to overrule a Pennsylvania court that had decided, despite a state law, to permit undated mail-in ballots to be counted. But then the acting Secretary of State in Pennsylvania said in the upcoming election, the counties will decide what to do. Pennsylvania looks like it's a free-for-all electorally. Whatever you do, please vote. Remind your family and friends and your neighbors, whoever. This election is the election of our lives. The polls across the country are tightening, which is not unusual, but voter reluctance to tell pollsters what they're really thinking is. The Hill reporting that people are not sharing their true beliefs about politics and candidates, avoiding hassles and arguments, I suppose, in some cases avoiding politics out of pure fear. A generalized threat of physical violence and abuse constraining many voters, I'm sure. This is, after all, Biden's America and another sign of our times. Vladimir Putin's threats against the West have become part of the world's uncertainty and angst since he invaded Ukraine. That's now more than eight months ago. And now Putin is declaring the Western domination of the world is over, that a new world order is on the way, and that Russia will be a big part of it. And China, of course. China, Russia, the most important election of our lives, the stock market, you name it. It's not a quiet, peaceful time. Quite the opposite, in fact. And so we thought it might be a good day to have a little departure, a little fun. Maybe a few laughs. A good day to introduce you to Alex Stein. 
Alex takes his politics seriously, but he's seriously funny when he exposes politicians, Democrat city council members, national officials, does his man-on-the-street interviews all across the country. Alex Stein, comedian, political activist, provocateur, in the best way, of course. Alex, good to have you with us here on The Great America Show. Tell us how you you got started uh, doing things like recruiting for the Ukrainian Foreign Legion. Well, Lou, I know it's only only have so much time, but I have to start off. Like I said in the pre-interview, I have to kiss your derriere. You're a legendary broadcaster. I think it's an honor and a privilege to be with you today. But but like you said, let me get into me because, you know, I am a diva. So let me get my diva. You, you're giving me the spotlight. So a little bit about the the alter ego, the uh, the character, the person, primetime 99 Alex Stein. And a lot of people want to ask, like, is that really you? Is that a bit? But my comedic hero, Lou, is a guy named Andy Kaufman. I think Andy Kaufman, what he was so brilliant at doing, was mixing absurdity and making it seem real. And so what I did, I'm really just like a hack comedian. I'm basically mixing absurdity in a, you know, some sort of realistic package by being as crazy as possible, but doing it in these kind of fish out of water situations in front of unexpected people it creates humor because of the awkwardness, because of the cringe factor, because there's also truth in it. So uh, that's my comedic hero. But how I got started, Lou, it, it's kind of insane. Are you ready for this? I don't want to go on too We're long. Ready. We're I don't ready. Know if you're ready. Okay, so I worked for a TV show, and I signed an NDA. I can only say so much. But after I graduated college in 2010, I moved to Los Angeles, and I worked as an extra for my first few months in, in Hollywood. Then I got a job working as a production assistant. And then about my... Third year in L.A., I got casted on this big-time reality show, and it's called The Glass House. And I was a 25-year-old young man at the time, very, uh, you know, uh, uh, immature. And I thought I was going to be like a superstar from the show. The way these producers talked about it, they're like, Alex, you're going to be the star of the show. And it's a competition-type show where you live in a house and you vote each other out, and they film you 24-7. So it's kind of like a mental... It's a, it's like a mental test almost more than anything because you have no privacy. It's kind of very weird, a voyeuristic show. But my point being is they said you're going to be the star. They told me, Alex, you need to be the villain of this show. So I went in there and I acted like an idiot villain. And I got kicked off in the first week, Lou. And I got so disenfranchised with Hollywood. I was like, these guys are all liars. They're all frauds. And uh, and then, I you know, I put my tw- tail between my legs and I moved back to Dallas, Texas. And that's when I started working for a TV show called Cheaters, Lou. And in that show, I was one of the producers. We catch people cheating on their husbands and wives. Have you, you ever seen that show? It's been on for about 17 seasons. Well, I, I missed all 17. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, and it's a trash TV show. So it's, it's, it's uh, distributed by Viacom, who owns VH1, CMT, and MTV. On the show, Lou, this is why this is one of the reasons that changed my life. I worked on the show for a long time. I started off as an intern in college, and then I moved away. And then when I came back to Dallas, they, they gave me a job. But the host of the show is a guy named Clark Gable, and I'm sure you're familiar with his grandfather, Clark Gable from Gone with the Wind, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, Lou, this is his grandson. His real name was Andrew, but he went by Clark because he was the host of the show of Cheaters, and they just kind of wanted to do that gimmick, like, you know, Clark Gable yeah. gimmick. It's just such a recognizable name. Lou, he was a wild California kid. His grandfather is obviously a legendary guy, drank, partied, smoked. And, and Lou, I've hung out with some very, you know, auxiliary type people, people on the edge and stuff. And I would say that Clark 
had the, the biggest tolerance to any party animal that I've ever seen. I went to LSU, which was, you know, a wild and crazy place. But this guy had the highest tolerance for anything when I would see him use drugs and alcohol. And I'm not, you know, proud that I hung out with him doing that. But, you know, we're in our 20s. We're doing wild stuff. Well, after the 17th season, him and I now are a little older. Uh, I'm not, you know, really kind of on the same level as Clark. But Clark decides to go buy some street pain pills, either Oxycontin or Hydrocodone, something like that. Oh, and then, yeah. And it had fentanyl in it, and he died in his sleep, Lou. And that's why I bring up his tolerance is that this fentanyl crisis in America, to bring it to what's going on here in America, 108,000 drug overdose deaths, the most recorded United States history. We have a fentanyl problem that is just being flooded through the border with synthetic opioids that are you know, strong enough to kill the entire population you know, a million times over is how much they're producing. And it got this guy, Lou. This wasn't some little kid. This wasn't some little kid at their first rodeo trying to drug in college. This was a guy that was in his, you know, I think he was 30 at the time or 31. You know, it was, in, it was a, a uh, whatever you'd call a serious user is what I'd say. And after that happened, I changed my life. I quit drinking. Not that I didn't really use drugs, but, but you know, I'd smoke some. Uh, you know, I've done a little bit of this and that. But my point being is I changed my life, Lou. Well, and sure. I, well, sure, because, but what they call those people, by the way, is an addict. Uh, they're addicted, whether they know it or not. Yo, he was a big-time addict, for sure, yeah. functioning addict. And that's not a good thing. And there, a lot of people are, though, Lou. You know, that's the problem is everybody's trying to medicate the pain. You know, and, and I don't really think that we should make marijuana legal. But at the same time, you know, I don't think alcohol should be able to go to every corner and buy a bottle of liquor for 10, you know, literally for a dollar. So it's like. I, I, but I think that we should have the right to be able to drink, and I think we should have the right to probably use marijuana, even though I know that would be bad for society. So it's kind of weird. It's not really what I think is right, but I think what – I'm a populist, Lou. Everybody says – Good man. Good man. Well, people are like, oh, Alex, you're conservative. Well, not really, but let me finish my story because I know we have a short time. Sorry, and I want to talk about this because this is my origin story. Clark dies of a drug overdose, Lou. They say, Alex, you're going to be the next host of the show. I get in the best shape of my life. I get, you know, I quit drinking and, you know, obviously quit smoking and just, show, I mean, in my life, I mean, I am dialed in, the most dialed in I ever was. And then April of 2020, Lou, when they, it was time for the show to start filming, they freaking hired a 52-year-old African-American DJ out of New York, which is fine. If I was him, I would take the job. But instead of going with, like, another kind of, you know, 30-ish old white guy, they went a different direction because Clark and I were basically the same. And I lost the job because of affirmative action, and I know that because the, the DJ's name is Peter Guns, Lou, and they, Viacom made him change it to <laughs> Peter Panky because they didn't want to uh, encourage gun violence. Unbelievable. Well, Peter Gunn, as everybody knows, of a certain age, and I'm of that certain age, uh, was a detective series uh, back in the, I guess it was the 60s, 70s. Uh, it was a terrific show. I, I would have thought they'd have stayed with it. Clark Gable, Peter Gunn. I mean, it, you start, you know, there starts to be a continuum there. Well, that that's fascinating. So no, how did Lou, you start? Lou, let me finish. But let me finish. I got to finish. I, it's so long. I'm so long-winded. Okay, so listen. So I freaking, I don't get the job. Then that's when I decide. I decide, hey, I'm going to start my podcast. I was really, like I said, I'm a populist. Even though I obviously lean conservative, I hate abortion, you know. But at the same time, I do think we should have some sort of social, you know, socialized health care. Not that it necessarily needs to be free, but we need to put caps. It doesn't make sense that insulin's $200 in Texas and, and $7 in Mexico. So my point being is we just need a reallocation of funds for our our, you know, healthcare, And I do believe, you know, Medicare and Medicaid, you know, we should help out uh, senior citizens for sure with social services. So, you know, that's that's not necessarily, uh, you know, and I saw I used to sell cars Lou, and I used to like, listen, there's a lot of dealers. I can screw a lot of people. But when you sell a person a car, I have to sell it as is 
no warranty, or I have to give them a complete inspection with the, with the opportunity to get a warranty so they know what they're getting into, like, and, and they're protected by law. If I don't get that right. piece of paper, they can return the car. So listen, I don't like big government in my stuff. Government's idiot. They're dysfunctional. But I kind of like that, that they, you know, they're trying to help the customer. Like, if, if the people running the government weren't so incompetent, it, it, I also have a libertarian mindset, but we got to have rules, Lou. You know that. we are. Uh, uh, but I just kind of want less rules that subjugate the American citizens, like all this climate change and, and just letting people, you know, migrate here and becoming a welfare state. So that's why now, because of the Overton window, I'm an all-right conservative, according to the left-wing media. Well, as, a, as an all-right conservative, a libertarian and populist, I think you have triangulated a position that is rich in potential uh, for you and uh, for America. I, I mean, we're looking at uh, less than three weeks to the elections, and we're watching the Republicans just roll them up. It looks like in the polls they're going to just, it's a tsunami, it's not a wave. It could be an earthquake, who knows. But it looks like they're going to take the Senate and the House, and guess what? Then all we'll have to deal with is an impaired puppet Marxist Dem president and the cabal that are his masters. Uh, don't you feel better already? Well, I know. I, you know, you, you got to watch that clip. You know, I'm a conspiracy theorist, proud tinfoil hat wearing. And this is what I'm saying is, you know, Barack Obama is probably still calling the shots. I mean, Joe Biden oh, yeah. can't even take out his lunch. But, but this is what I'm worried about, Lou. I think you're exactly right. I think there will be a red wave. But at the same time, just because you get in office that day, you can't get your legislation and stuff passed. It takes, you know, a year, six months minimum, maybe before you even get something going. But now the Biden administration has had two years to basically put America, make sure the hole in Titanic is big enough so we sink fast enough with the House, with the Congress, you know, with all the leverage in our favor. It will still all the, uh, you know, misdoings that they had is going to land and it's going to look like, oh, hey, well, when the Republicans took over, inflation skyrocketed. But that was all because of the left. I think that's the next psychological operation or the trick that they're going to put, just like this Ukraine war. It's it's tough to tell because you've got a guy, a rhino like Kevin McCarthy uh, coming in. And I'm, all I can think of, he wants to be Speaker of the House. He wants all this power. He's the guy who really is more Democrat than he is Republican. And, and riding that big red wave is going to be surfer boy McCarthy. He's just going to come in for a hard landing on that beach. Uh, and they're going to call it good and not get anything done. That worries me a lot. How about you? Well, 100 percent. I mean, come on, Lou. I don't know how much we can say without getting kicked off the Internet. But I mean, all these guys that just let Joe Biden get 81 million votes. Give me a break. I mean, we live in a world now where they can just look at us in the, in the face and lie. And you said earlier about a rhino, Dan Crenshaw. I mean, Dan Crenshaw, I respect every single veteran, woman and man in a military uniform with all my heart. I have the utmost respect. But I think our government needs to do more to help out veterans. I think our government needs yep. to do more to, to be a conflict interventionist and stop putting people in the line of fire. As human beings, I think that we should be able to rise to a, a level of understanding where we could come to some sort of agreement. But guys like Dan Crenshaw, who's, who's just bought and sold uh, by Halliburton, by uh, Raytheon. I mean, that's the problem is that, Lou, we don't have human beings running the country. We basically have multinational corporations. We live in a corporatocracy where these guys can buy politicians. Maybe at one point Dan Crenshaw had the best interests and he was, you know, even though he was never really a MAGA type guy. But, you know, maybe at one point he did have the best interests. But now a guy who lost his eye, one of the biggest sacrifices you could do, is still encouraging sending young men over to fight wars for bankers, for lines in the sand that don't really affect you and I. 
So for me, after a 20-year war in the Middle East for weapons of mass destruction, I'm 100% against all war. And Dan Crenshaw, a guy that should be way more invested because he lost more than I, still wants to go to war. That's a big red flag, Lou. It is a, it's a red flag. It is a sad thing uh, that we have veterans who are almost reflexively uh, supporting the military-industrial complex, about which Dwight David Eisenhower, President Eisenhower, warned us about 60 years ago, for crying out loud. And meanwhile, Joe Biden is shipping the 82nd Airborne uh, into the eastern flank of Eastern Europe uh, and doing his best, it seems to me, at various times of trying to start a war with Russia instead of concluding. Uh, point, of, point of fact, that no one in the Biden administration, to my knowledge, has even raised the issue of negotiating a peace with Vladimir Putin and resolving this thing. And instead, you know, uh, Vladimir uh, Zelensky keeps running his mouth off and inviting more missile attacks, uh, and his people are suffering, and the United States is paying for the whole sorry, tragic spectacle. Lou, at the beginning of this whole gimmick war, I believe that there was uh, on the table, all they had to do was say the Donbass region was autonomous. I guess people could say they're Ukrainian or Russian and that the Ukraine wouldn't join NATO. Ukraine's the poorest country in Eastern Europe. It's not even really a country. I mean, it's barely a country. And we're going over there sending a hundred billions of a hundred billion dollars. We're going to force, we're going to twist Vladimir Putin's arm into using some sort of nuclear weapon in order to start some sort of World War III. And you were exactly right. Joe Biden, if he was calling the shots, they're doing this on purpose. They have to keep us in constant war, Lou. And I, you know, I, like I said earlier, I'm a conspiracy theorist, but there's no conspiracy here. It makes no sense. They cannot come to an agreement for lines in the sand between Russia and Ukraine when the Texas and Mexico border is being flooded every day with children that are being used as sexual objects. There's a thing called rape trees where they find condoms. They find uh, discarded uh, uh, menstrual items, you know, all kinds of the most, some of the worst stuff in the world is happening a few hundred miles from my doorstep. Yeah, right. they're going to send a hundred billion dollars to the Ukraine. Give me a break. Yeah, well, give give America a break. Uh, but Joe Biden isn't here to give us a break. He is here to break America. There is no question about it. I want to give everybody uh, a sample uh, of Alex Stein at work uh, at, at his uh, most brilliant, as usual. Uh, Alex, let's uh, let's listen to you. Talking to the Richardson, Texas City Council. Roll it, if you will, please. All right, guys. So here, my name is Marcus Matthews. I'm a sergeant in the Ukrainian Foreign Legion. And I'm here today to recruit some of you to go fight in the war in World War III. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but what's happening right now is an absolute nightmare. And I ask if even just one of you, if even just one of you, or to consider joining, it could change the whole landscape of the war. You guys don't realize the power that you have as a council member. If one member decides to stand up and do what is right and fight for this man right here, Vladimir Zelensky, you can make the difference, officer. You can make the difference, lady on a laptop. Life is short. Do you want to die a nobody or do you want to die a hero? I can tell you look like you're vibing with it. Are you interested in signing up for the American Foreign Legion and going and fighting in the Ukraine today as an American representative? And if you are, I have the sheet right here. You sign this sheet, your name, your social security number, 
your maiden, your mother's maiden name and your credit card number. There is a small deposit to make sure that we can reserve your spot on this flight. Oh, Alex, that's terrific stuff. And uh, by the way, I, I imagine you were just about trampled with volunteers rushing to sign on the dotted line and turn over their credit card numbers to you. Well, Lou, 100%. They were shaking in their boots. But it's funny that you picked that video because I have to name drop because, you know, now I'm a young man coming on the scene. But my biological father is a guy named Tucker Carlson. And that video that you just played, <laughs> Tucker Carlson, no, he texted me when he saw that video and invited me on his show because he said that was one of the funniest videos he'd ever seen. He loved it so much because of that video. And because I went on Tucker Carlson, that changed my life, Lou. That you know, I had a clip. No, and so I'm saying all because of that video in Ukraine. So it's funny that you picked that. It's kind of full circle. And I talked to you and you just, you know, organically picked that. It's, it's a surreal moment that I'm sitting here and getting to talk to you. It really is, Lou, for going and acting like an absurd person. But we live in absurd times. And I think we almost have to kind of put a mirror to it and, and sort of kind of laugh about it and bring about some humor instead of constant trauma and despair. One of my favorite expressions is uh, there is no choice left to anyone who crosses the penumbra of the absurd. There is no choice but to laugh. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think you're the embodiment of that saying. And what you do is is terrific because you make your points, your political points, uh, and you also reach to to uh, to the to the human nature and to the soul, uh, make us laugh and also make us think. Those are that's a pretty good combination, Alex. I, I, I want to just get a few thoughts from you though on uh, what you do next. Where are what? Can you give us a sense of what you're working on? Yeah, well, I have a big thing. It's been kind of a, you know, viral story, you know, a bunch of outlets, CNN, a bunch of the, you know, whatever left wing media has called out that I'm speaking at an event on at Penn State on uh, uh, October 25th. So, you know, very soon in five days and they're protesting at hardcore. No, they've, they've really. Yeah, but see, Gavin McInnes is on the lineup as well. So it's him and I and it's, you know, it's kind of a speak. It's a speech and, and, and like a Q&A an open dialogue and some of the students get to do a meet and greet. But now there's three different organizations that are holding counter events. So that basically just means an organization of protesters. So I think it's going to be really interesting. And I've never been to Happy Valley. And, uh, you know, I've kind of had this, I don't, for lack of a better word, kind of a meteoric rise in the last year. So I, I go publicly speak, but this is my, this is the biggest college event, the most hoopla of any uh one of my public speaking engagements that I've ever had. So it is kind of a big deal and it's kind of a nervous anxiety, excited about it, but you know, you know how it is. It's like, I don't know what to expect. Well, you know, that's great. And I know that you'll be terrific uh, in whatever you, uh, whatever you do there in happy Valley. I don't know if it'll be still called happy Valley after the protesters (laughs) and the demonstrators uh, get through. But the fact that the university uh, is not trying to crush you and stifle uh, free speech and expression, uh, and particularly uh, you who are 180 degrees away from the conventional left-wing narrative that is commonplace in the uh, the indoctrination palaces we call universities. Your thoughts on that? Well, 100%, and they've had to come out and make a statement and saying that they are going to let it happen and that, you know, they're upholding the Constitution. And it just stinks that, you know, uh, it's funny, though, Lou, I go viral for going and, and culture jamming speaking at these meetings. But it's funny, these meetings are one of the last few places where you actually have freedom of speech. I mean, online, you don't on Twitter, you don't on YouTube, you don't. I mean, literally, very few places can you even speak freely. 
So I don't know. It's just it, it's just it's kind of scary the world we live in and how there's very few people that even uphold the Constitution. Uh, so uh, the fact that the university is doing it, I applaud them. I, and that's why I think the experience will be uh, incredible. I mean, uh, I just think it's going to be very, you know, people love conflict. People love drama. And for me, Lou, as a content creator, these people, these these protesters, and I hate to say it, and I say this out loud, and I've said this in interviews, I'm so excited. I want the, a million protesters there because it only makes me seem more interesting and relevant. So it's funny how it really has a counterproductive a mechanism when they protest. It has a Streisand effect. By them coming out, it just makes me seem like I'm much more popular and controversial than I really am, which I appreciate. And, and the fact is, all of those demonstrators and protesters are really just unpaid extras uh, <laughs> in Alex Stein's movie for, for the folks at Happy Valley. I do want to congratulate Penn State for having the guts of the principal to stand for free speech, and uh, I, and I really do. I applaud them, and I applaud you for both uh, your talent and your courage, and we wish you nothing but the best. Alex, we always give our guests the last word here, and so I'm going to ask you for your concluding thoughts uh, as we wrap up. My last word, but you had to give me one of your last words. I just want to ask you, I think the digital, I think the new digital media era all of these cable companies are going to die. I know as you guys, you know, you on broadcast television for a long time. I just don't you personally think it's a sinking ship when you saw CNN Plus fold so fast. I really think people in the future are going to get their media a la carte and almost like a podcast. You'll be able to get it video and it'll be just, you know, basically there'll be some sort of universal future Napster, some sort of app where we can con content share. So I don't think these uh, dinosaur media companies are going to live Personally, I'd like to get your opinion on that. And the last word I'd like to get people out there to say is, listen, guys, my favorite thing that people tell me, it's not the, oh, you got, a, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers or whatever. That's, 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 you know, everybody likes the likes and clicks. But I love when people come up to me, Lou, and they say, Alex, you know what, because of your goofball antics, I went and I spoke at my school board meeting. I went and I spoke at my city council meeting. I went and I spoke at my HOA meeting, whatever it might be. Because that's what I want to do is I want to encourage people, and I'm not virtue signaling, but I want to encourage people, even people that don't have the same viewpoints as me, to go speak up for themselves. Because when with my content, Lou, I don't even want to encourage people to actually have the same viewpoint as me. All I want to encourage people to do is to ask questions because the government, the people, the media companies, they can only lie so much. If it just takes like one millimeter of research to realize that the world we live in is full of lies from basically, you know, the top all the way down to the bottom. So with my content, I just want people to look into it, ask questions and uh, think, is this real? Is this fake? Like, is this where we're going? And if I can do that, then I did my job or I, I achieved my goal. Well, I think it's a it's a wonderful aspiration and 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 philosophy and perspective, and I agree with you across the board, with one exception. I and I'm really, as you know, I'm anti-government. Uh, I just cannot stand the idea of what we've allowed government to do and to encroach. But I do think there is an important role for government, uh, and it goes to what you raised, and that's podcasting. I don't believe that government should go another day without a law against anyone else entering podcasting because I, I kind of like it where we are right now. <laughs> I don't mean to limit competition or better ideas and better presentation, but, you know, there is a role for government, and I think I just found it. And I know one thing. There's a great role for Alex Stein. Uh, please watch him. Please uh, follow him on Twitter. And that handle is? Alex Stein 99. And, Lou, man, it is such a privilege and an honor. And I say this 
now it's funny how as a person that goes on shows, it's crazy. You go on a show with a man for 30 minutes. Now I feel like I've known you forever, Lou. Isn't it funny how this digital way, I mean, we're not even together. It's obviously, a, you know, connection together is more powerful, but it's just crazy. And I would have never thought about that. I didn't realize that when you, you get into broadcasting, when you do these interviews, you almost know the interviewer after the, uh, after the interview. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. I make a lot of new friends is what I got to say. And I'm going to consider you, Lou, as a new friend. Great, and I appreciate that, and uh, I'm grateful, and vice versa. Thanks so much, Alex, and I think the audience has a new friend as well to follow uh, in every way. Alex Stein, thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. God bless you. Thank you, Lou. Thanks to Alex Stein, comedian, provocateur, and great American. A reminder, you can follow me on Truth Social at Lou Dobbs and on Twitter at Lou Dobbs. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. And here tomorrow on The Great America Show, our guest will be Adam Laxalt, running for the U.S. Senate in one of the most important battleground states, Nevada. That's here tomorrow. Please join us. Till then, God bless you, and may God bless America. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.